the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! They did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Shock it all in college basketball. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the weekend college basketball betting preview. I'm Stucky. And with me, as always, is BJ Cunningham. BJ, how goes it? Uh, wonderful. It's uh, snowing quite a bit here in Iowa. I know you're uh, on uh, the island, so I'm sure the weather's just beautiful there where you are. Uh, but we're in the stretch run. This is the final weekend of a full slate of uh, college basketball games before conference tourney starts, so it's uh, it's crunch time. Yeah, I am in the opposite of uh, rain. People, a lot of people don't know Aruba is actually a desert island. Uh, it's like people think it's like tropical, and but you have the resorts on one side of it, and on the other side, uh, the entire island is just a desert. There, you can't live there. Hmm. There's just like a couple fishing huts, but the we took uh, ATVs out on a tour on that entire side through like the desert. Just you get so dusty. It is awesome, though. And you go through, nice. you know, it's all along the ocean, along the coastline. Um, it's a completely different world than like the tourism Aruba side. But they only get to, they get barely any rain all year. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's been a nice uh, been grinding away at hoops still. But it's been a nice uh, getaway before uh, the craziness. Yep. I return tomorrow, and we are less than a week away from March. I'm so excited. It's my favorite month of the year. This will be a shorter episode. I am away, and we have – so we don't have a guest this week. We will have some guests in March, and we have just a loaded schedule next week for conference championships. Next week we'll – actually, next week we'll have our three normal episodes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we'll be covering you know, the three-man weaves on Wednesday, myself, Mike Calabrese, and – BJ on Monday, and then we'll be back next Friday. Same content as normal, plus we'll be covering the conference tournaments that start on the day or two thereafter. And then the following week, myself, BJ, Mike, Colin will even ship in, and then all the guys from Three Man We, I'll be hosting episodes, and we'll preview all of the conference championships. I think there's like 14 or 15 that start the week of March 7th. So we're going to have just a loaded two weeks of episodes of Big Bets on Campus, so make sure – you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, leave a review. Um, we'll fit some giveaways in over the next week or so as well. So today we'll have Colin check in with us uh, later in the show. We'll obviously have our Friday night six pack as usual with the guys from the three man weave. But uh, I think Colin's going to dial in in a little bit. So let's just, well, first the week that was, I guess a high level takeaway or rant, anything that you're looking forward to, in terms of, you know, a certain team or anything, anywhere you want to go, I'll give you the leeway. What uh, What's on your mind from what you've seen over the past week? Well, it's it has to be fresh on the mind after uh, Wednesday night. Providence does it again. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. Uh, They're winning it all. They're beating Kentucky 161 <laughs> to 160 in the national championship and 17 overtimes. It's set in stone. Last three wins, all in overtime, just – even before the game against DePaul, everybody was talking about, oh, my gosh, like this Providence team is so lucky. How can they keep doing it? Well, they just took it to a whole new level. So uh, it's going to be very <laughs> – I mean, I don't know at this point. Like I'm looking at them playing Creighton on Saturday, and I'm like, 
yeah, I love Creighton, but uh, the game is probably going to go into overtime and, and Providence is going to win by, you know, six or seven points and end up covering. And it's just going to be yet another uh, situation for the, where the Friars are just <laughs> going to be sitting there at what, 24 and three. Uh, basically going into the stretch run. So uh, Providence does it again. Uh, it's uh, outside of that, uh, pretty straightforward, I would say, a uh, week that was. Uh, this weekend's a fantastic slate. There's a ton of really good games. So uh, this it's it's crunch time now as we get into the conference tourneys. Yeah, enjoy the last full Saturday uh, of you know the, your last huge Saturday slate before conference tournaments. Fire away. Providence, yeah, has great. They have a two-game lead in the beast, but they lost to Villanova earlier this year. They play Creighton at home. They can lock everything up, and then they're at Villanova. So if they slip up against Creighton, um, and then, you know, Villanova takes care of business um, against Providence, and then Butler, and Villanova's a week off before that Providence game, and then Villanova closes out with a win at Butler, which has been a house of horrors for them at some points, then they would actually win uh, the one seed because of the tiebreaker by sweeping Providence. But, yeah, Providence pulls out. Another close one. Um, I have to give a shout out to my my cats. I know they didn't cover, but just two really impressive wins against Alabama and LSU shorthanded. And I love what Cal is doing. Rest, rest, rest wheeler. Just get healthy for March. And their seating's not even being hurt because they're they're winning these games. But without Wheeler and Washington, after really slow starts, they come back. They beat Alabama and they beat LSU. Now, granted, both of those games were at home, but uh, I thought it really highlighted and showcased their depth. You had, obviously, Grady go off in one game. Bryce Hopkins showing last game, who had 13 points in, like, a really critical stretch in the second half. Um, I don't know if he had maybe, maybe, maybe 13 points in the 2022. I mean, he's barely been playing at all. Um, so it's really showcasing their depth, and I think – Kentucky will be better off come tournament time because of this stretch run dealing with all the injuries. Now that said, they need, they just need to be healthy. They need Wheeler. They need watch to win it all. That's the obvious goal, but just these depth pieces, getting all this experience in big games throughout SEC play, I think is enormous. So I'm feeling pretty good about my Kentucky future, which is still my lone future. Well, more but, importantly, we'll ask Colin in a second, but how are you feeling about the big bets on campus bowl on Saturday, Kentucky, uh, Arkansas, yeah, I'm actually leaning Arkansas there. Um, I don't now. My my hypothesis is that like Kentucky has Florida. I mean, excuse me, Mississippi at home next after at Arkansas, and then they're at Florida next Saturday. So if I had to guess, they sit Wheeler and Washington again here, and then they sit them again at home against Ole Miss, which they can win without them. And then you play them, you know, last regular season game at Florida, going into the SEC tournament. And then kind of get revved up from there. So I think the line will come up. It'll be bad. It'll be down to like a game time decision again. And then it'll you'll see reports on Twitter that'll say like they're not warming up, right? And then the line I think will come down. Um, so I'm probably going to bet Arkansas here. I don't. I'm curious. For, I mean, Kempa makes it three. Uh, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky minus three. I think it'll probably come out like Kentucky minus one. And then flip to Arkansas minus one immediately. And then they'll be ruled out. And then it'll be like Arkansas minus three. So I'm going to try to bet Arkansas early. I could be wrong. They both could play. I also think if they both play, they're not fully healthy. I just don't think it makes sense for them to play. I don't want them to play. Um, So I think Arkansas, who's been rolling, um, they've covered nine straight now. Um, Yeah, now Arkansas has a three-game lead over Alabama for the the last bye in the SEC tournament. So it's – 
you know, it's kind of both ways where it, it yes, it matters, but it also kind of not really because you're getting to buy no matter what. So, yeah, but I don't know. It'll be a hype home spot for to yeah, play Kentucky. And I mean, what the way where Arkansas is headed, the way that they're trending. Yeah. I mean, you could see them if they continue winning and close out the SEC tournament, they could end up with like a four seed. Um, and if you said that a month ago, you I mean, this is a team that I mean, people were like, are they going to make the tournament at one point this year? So yeah, they are surging, and it all it all goes back to that when Musselman changed the lineup when they were really struggling, and then we were trying to figure out okay, it was Missouri, but they came out and they beat Missouri by like fifty, and then ever since that game, they have been on an absolute roll. The only game they lost is that Alabama game at Alabama by one. So yeah, the Hogs are on a roll. I think I'm going to probably bet them early. Uh, so let's good transition. Let's jump right into Saturday and. We'll talk about some spots that we have circled. So many games, so little time. Let's look at the Saturday slate. I'll let you lead off. And as I've mentioned before, we don't talk about these ahead of time or share what we have and makes it more authentic. So if we have duplicates, I will adjust or uh, build on your case or disagree. Um, So let's start with a sell high candidate uh, for Saturday slate uh, or just in general moving forward. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go to the mid-major. I'm going to go to the Big South Conference. It's uh, Longwood. Uh, they're currently leading the Big South. I think they've already clinched it. They're 14-1 and one in conference play this season. They're the number one seed. This game on Saturday, they're going to play Campbell, uh, Roll Humps. They're one of the luckiest teams in college basketball. 12 of their 14 conference wins have come by eight points or less. Campbell is the unluckiest team in the Big South Conference. 15-11 actual record, 19-7 and shot quality record. When these two teams met the first time, Campbell actually had a nine-point lead in the second half, uh, and then Longwood just used their magic to come all the way back and win by eight. Longwood spends a ton of time in transition, but they aren't really efficient in doing so. They sit around the middle of the pack in terms of points per possession, which is good for Campbell because they struggle in transition defense. Uh, it, you know, Longwood defense really isn't that good for being 14 and one in conference play. They're seventh in the big South in adjusted defensive efficiency and Campbell should be able to torch them inside. Like they did in the first meeting when they shot 67% from two point range, Campbell also second in the conference in two point field goal percentage while along with 10th and also allowing 61% at the rim. Ken Palm makes this Campbell minus one. You might get a little bit of an inflated line uh, on Campbell because the game really doesn't mean anything to uh, Longwood, because I believe they have a one-game lead over Winthrop for the number one seed and the head-to-head against them. So uh, I'll play the, the the fighting camels up to minus three. But uh, yeah, Longwood's going to be a team I'm definitely be fading in the uh, Big South tournament. Yeah, I like this, and you know I, I'm not sure you're going to what you're going to see from Longwood. You got to remember in, in these spots when teams have already clinched, they they might go all out, they might rest some guys. Uh, as far as Campbell is concerned, it's their last regular season game of the season. At home, they're one of the most experienced teams in the country. A lot of seniors on that team. So I think that uh, this is a really good spot for them. Revenge from a loss earlier this year when they lost at Longwood. Campbell's a pretty good shooting team. They were 5 of 22 from three that game. Uh, so I agree. I would love to get them minus one here uh, against Longwood. Uh, the Lancers from Farmville, Virginia. I'm going to go with a dangerous one. I'm going to sell high. I'm going to sell North Texas. Ooh. Who is absolutely rolling of late. They have won, or now inside the top 40 on Kempom, they have won 12 in a row since losing at home to UAB. That includes a one-point win over Louisiana Tech, who they will play on Saturday. And I'm assuming North Texas will have won 13 in a row. 
by the time you're listening to this, they play Southern Miss tonight, one of the worst teams in the country. North Texas is like 20-point favorites. Louisiana Tech is going to go to Denton, and they lost earlier this year. Double revenge for Louisiana Tech. I think they've had this game circled. Last year they lost. They were the number one seed, Louisiana Tech. They lost in the semis to North Texas in a grinder. Earlier this year, they lost uh, on uh, Tyler Perry, who's excellent for North Texas, hit a three in the final seconds, and North Texas won by one. Louisiana Tech led that game in the second half by 17. They blew a 17-point lead to North Texas. They have had this game circled. Kempom has this at nine. I would die for nine. Um, I, I think this is actually a decent matchup for Louisiana Tech. I think Lawton can have success inside. And this is where you really want to fade North Texas. And you've seen North Texas have a ton of success in close games. Like they beat Florida Atlantic by three. They just beat UAB by one. They beat Louisiana Tech, as I mentioned before, by one. This is a team that plays super slow. They're now dead last in adjusted tempo. They're slower than Virginia. And they grind you down. They make you play their style. But they play slow, so the possessions are limited. And it gets really good teams. Laying eight with them, they're also really – besides Perry, no one can shoot free throws. So that could come into play as well. They're outside the top 300 in free throw percentage. So I think this is a great spot to sell North Texas high. North Texas is one of those teams that because of how they play, they're kind of immune to home road splits. Like it, they're just going to control the tempo. They kind of take the opposing crowds out of the game. So like the difference between – you know, them catching one on the road and then laying, you know, say seven or eight at home is massive because it's just low possession game. It doesn't matter when they go on the road. They struggle from the line. I think Louisiana Tech has had this circle since last year. Then they blow the 17-point lead. I think this is a super smash spot for La Tech. I would love to get seven plus. Uh, so I uh, am rolling with the Bulldogs on the road in Conference USA. Yeah, North Texas, they they play that only a seven man rotation, right? So it's it's yep. pretty they and I'm looking at the the box guard from last time. Three starters had four uh, four fouls in the game, so it's it's going to get a little tricky if uh, those guys start getting foul trouble uh, for any you know. Obviously, they've been very good during this run, but you get a team that can get to the line uh, as well. You know, I'm not sure what Louisiana is at uh, free throw rate, but uh, well, pretty good actually, top close to top 100. So. If they can get North Texas in foul trouble, it's gonna it's gonna be a huge advantage for them. Yeah, North Texas is excellent. Like Grant McCaslin, excellent coach. They're excellent defense, but I mean, they're shooting close to forty two percent from three in conference play, and they and they don't take a ton of threes, and they're holding opponents to twenty eight point six percent. They're always going to be up there, but there might be a little bit of regression coming. I think this is a really good spot for Louisiana Tech. All right, let's go on the other end of the spectrum. By low, what you got circled there? I'm going to buy low on Xavier coming off that triple overtime loss to Providence. They're sitting at seven and nine in the big East now, but they got a big time revenge spot on Saturday at home against Seton hall, who they lost by two against earlier this season. The biggest difference in that game is Xavier got killed on the offensive glass 17 to four, which is quite surprising because Xavier's the number one team in the big East in defensive rebounding percentage. And Xavier is one of these teams that can actually match Seton Hall's size inside Seton hall has been pretty terrible given the size they have scoring inside they're outside the top 300 in both uh, two-point field goal percentage and field goal percentage at the rim and that was the case in the first meeting Xavier held them to 44 percent from inside the arc and the Musketeers shot 60 percent themselves inside the arc against uh, Yetna and uh, those type of size inside so I think it's a decent spot here for Xavier uh, you know win puts them ahead of, of Seton Hall 
in the Big East standings. So Ken Palm has that Xavier minus three. I'd obviously love uh, the Musketeers at minus three, but I'll probably end up playing them up to minus four. Yeah, getting Nate Johnson back would help as well. Yep. Um, and I guess you also don't want Bryce Aiken to play for Seton Hall. He hasn't played in a while. I don't know if they're just holding him for postseason. But I would assume both of these teams are safely in the field. I think they're like projected as seven or eight seeds. Although it doesn't, it with Xavier, it just doesn't feel like they're playing like a tournament team. They've lost five of six. They've lost some of that luster at home, but I do think this is a really good spot to get them at home uh, in a revenge spot against Seton Hall. And again, they lost by two on the road um, earlier this year. I like it. Uh, for my buy low, I'm going to go with a team that has been straight cash at home all year, and that's Rutgers. Um, I know that, look, I mean, Rutgers is what, they're 6-0 and against the top 35 on Ken Palm at home this year. 6-0 and straight up, I think 6-0 and against the spread as well. And I know that Wisconsin, they beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin, which is one of the crazier results of the year when you consider just the home road splits of Rutgers. Um, so I know that Wisconsin has revenge here, but, you know, and the reason I'm saying by low, Rutgers lost by 12 at, at Purdue. And they lost by nine at a shorthanded Michigan, two straight losses on the road. They come home here. This is a team that's not, they have some really good wins, but they, they still need to close the year out strong. Yes, Wisconsin has revenge. Wisconsin has won three straight. They barely eked out a win over Minnesota. Uh, they beat Michigan and they beat Indiana on a Indiana collapse. But I think they'll be focused here. They do have Purdue on deck, which it could be an enormous game in the Big Ten standings. So maybe there's a little bit of a look away. But I, I just really like the matchup, bro, because I think one of the reasons that they were able to win at Wisconsin is Caleb McConnell's defense. He is one of the best individual defenders in that conference, and he locked up Johnny Davis, held him to 11 points. Was I watched that game. He was all over him. Um, and if you could take him out, if you have someone that can match him and you don't have to give too much help, this Wisconsin team becomes very, very pedestrian. Um, so I think that, you know, Rutgers, who's just been a supernova at home all year, they have a guy who can match up with Davis. I think they can out physical Wisconsin here. A, a Wisconsin team that has been, I think they have four more wins than they're projected on shot quality. Been pretty fortunate this year. Um, so I like Rutgers at home in the rack. Why fix what's not broken or whatever that saying is. Uh, Rutgers at home. They've just been money all year. Um, any thoughts there? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Look at that box score. Uh, Rutgers went seven of twelve from behind the arc, uh, which is uh, pretty good for them. And Wisconsin, not a great three point shooting team, so defending Davis, you know, defending the arc is what Rutgers does pretty well. So, and you just nobody can win at the rack right now. Yep. So yeah, it's definitely a definitely a good spot for Rutgers, uh, and I wouldn't hate them beating Wisconsin. So yeah, I love it. All right, uh, let's move on to home dog. Uh, what home dog do you have circled for Saturday? Uh, this one makes me a little nervous, but I'm gonna go NC state at home, uh, in a rivalry game against North Carolina, uh, North Carolina feeling good after back-to-back wins against Virginia tech and Louisville, they're right on the bubble, but I think you're going to get a pretty overvalued Tar Heels team, uh, on Saturday in Raleigh, the, the Wolfpacker look, they're in a really bad run. They've lost seven of their last eight games. They're four and 13, in the ACC, but Eight of their 14 losses this season, the ACC, have come by less than eight points. So it's not like they're just a completely hopeless team. This is also a big revenge spot because North Carolina hung 100 points 
on uh, NC State and Chapel Hill Embar- earlier. Embarrassed them. Embarrassed them. Just shot. But the a- anything, anything out. they were, anything they put up in the air was going there. Fifteen of twenty-seven from three. Just uh, unbelievable. Obviously, North Carolina's a good three-point shooting team, but outside of the three-point shooting, really, if you look at it, there. In terms of like, you know, two point field goal percentage, offensive rebounding, turnovers, free throws, it was all actually pretty even. Just basically, North Carolina shot the lights out. Uh, North Carolina also one of the luckier teams in the ACC, three more wins than they actually should have per shot quality. And this is basically NC State season. They're 11 and 17. They're not going to the tournament. Um, and it is a rivalry game at home, a revenge spot. So I think they'll be up for this on Saturday. Ken Palm has it at North Carolina minus five. I'd love the Wolfpack at minus at plus five, but I'll probably end up playing them down to plus four. Yeah, no, I agree. Road North Carolina is still a little shaky. And, you know, you worry about NC State on this run that they're on. Like, are they going to quit? Are they going to pack it in until the postseason? But this is a home game against their rival. You can count, and they were embarrassed over this year. So I think that you can count on them putting forward a max effort. Uh, So I like the spot. Um, I'm going to go with another revenge spot on a team that got embarrassed. I'm going to go with Northern Iowa at home uh, against Loyola Chicago. I don't, th- I just, I watch this Loyola Chicago team. I don't think that they're anywhere close. I know they're like their Kempom rating is in like the 25. They get, I think that they're getting rewarded for these beat, like, they, you know, they'll beat down Evansville by what, like 50 or 60. And they went up, I think like five, six or seven spots at Kempom this late in the year. And you got to give them credit for doing so. But they just, they go, their offense, I just don't trust. This Northern Iowa team, who got blown out by a little earlier this year, very high-variance team. So I like them as a dog. I like them as a home dog because they shoot a ton of threes. They give up a ton of looks from three. Marquise Kenny didn't play last game again for the little. I think he's important. I think Northern Iowa, who's who win, win this game, you win the Valley, by the way. At home, these two teams are atop the leaderboard. I think they get the edge. I think they get it done at home. I think A.J. Green goes nuts. This Northern Iowa team has been rolling outside of that one performance. Um, you know, they had a couple overtime losses earlier in the year, and then everything except that one little But I think they get their revenge. I think you'll get them as a short home dog here. I think their shots fall on Saturday. So give me the Panthers. Yeah, you and I playing much better than they did at the beginning of the season. They looked, honestly, I mean, obviously, A.J. Green was coming off hip surgery early in the season. They were looking pretty bad with some pretty bad losses, especially at home in the non-conference. But, I mean, they've rattled off, what, is this like eight of their last nine? They've won outside of the loss to Loyola Chicago and put themselves right in a position here to win the Valley. Yeah, Uh, the McLeod Center will be rocking on Saturday yep. uh, here in Cedar Falls, Iowa. So, yes, love. Uh, Noah, Car- Noah Carter, by the way, that's been one of the keys is him early in the year. Um, the offense wasn't really working with him, and then, boom, everything has been clicking with that offense of late. So, uh, yeah, I think you and I gets it done. And uh, the one thing that, that could make a difference, but at, he's just not healthy, is – Austin Fife, um, but you, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you're going to get, what, 10, 15 minutes from him. Um, but, you know, it's the last game of the year. Let's give it the regular season for the Valley. Maybe you get something from him as well. But uh, I don't like this Loyola Chicago team. Last year's team, it's just, just something that's missing. You know, obviously you don't have Crutwig, who was so important to everything they did offensively, just in the middle, just running everything from that point position. You don't have him, and then there's something else just missing from the team. I know all the analytics love them, but uh, the old eye test, which just a uh, just a ton of a ton of really just close wins, honestly. And like you yep. mentioned earlier, then they just blow out, you know, Evansville. Uh, but you know, close wins against Southern Illinois, uh, overtime double overtime game against Valpo, overtime game against Bradley. 
uh again another Valpo, another two-point win against Valpo. Valpo yeah you know it's and only beat you know Illinois State by nine on the road it was a pretty bad team so uh yeah I mean you know holding Evansville to 31 points that, that's all well and good they didn't have their coach and I believe one of their best players so obviously they get a huge boost for that but you know the uh, context uh definitely does matter in that final score so yeah I agree with you I a little bit lukewarm on, on Loyola Chicago. Yeah, definitely not as high on them as I was last year, but they'll probably, they'll be a higher seed most likely than they were last year would be my guess. Right. Outside of an eight, but we'll see. Yeah. They, they, they probably, I think they'll probably, it depends how they close, but I think they'll probably end up being probably right around where they were. Um, okay. The projected 11 actually right now. Interesting. Okay. Really? Yeah. Bracket matrix has them at 11. So, huh. Maybe they'll get Providence, or maybe Providence mm. will drop down to six, and we'll <laughs> and we'll have a, a nice little regression game. Um, all right, those are your home dogs. Uh, there are any other spots that we had circled? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I'll go to the MAC, uh, Miami, Ohio, uh, going to Toledo. I I like the the Red Hawks. Uh, they're getting uh, Ken Palm has it at uh, Toledo minus fifteen. Uh, we've talked quite a bit about how overvalued Toledo has been for majority of the season. This is another scenario where I think they, given what's at stake, I think you'll get an inflated line for Toledo because they're currently tied with Ohio atop the max standings. While Miami of Ohio is in the middle of the pack, and in this game really doesn't really mean much to them. So, like Miami of Ohio, they're they're six and ten overall in conference play, but you kind of have to put an asterisk next to it because. They went one and five in the middle of conference play without one of their best players, Delonte Brown. Yeah, he's he, huge for them. He's huge. He's back. He's you know they're playing much better with him in there. They only lost by two in their last game at home to uh, against Buffalo. The last time these two teams played, Toledo won by three, but Miami of Ohio torched them inside, sixty-two percent from uh, from inside the arc. Toledo only forty-five percent from two-point range. The difference was. Toledo got to the free throw line 14 times and made all 14 of them. So I think this is a good spot uh, to get a really good number on an underrated uh, Miami, Ohio squad. Uh, again, you know, I, I'd love to get uh, them at plus 15, but I'll play it down to, you know, plus 14, maybe even 13 and a half. Um, yeah. Different team with Dante Brown. I think there is some value with Miami, Ohio in the market right now. Uh, don't hate that at all. I'll throw out, I already threw out Arkansas. I think, I think there's going to be value early before that line moves. Utah State, I think this is going to be a good spot to back them against Colorado State, Utah State at home. Colorado State coming off that big win against Wyoming. They have Boise on deck. Utah State revenge game here. Brock Miller's also back. I don't, he only gave, I think, like 13, 15 minutes um, last game, but I think you might get more from him. He's really important to that lineup. Um, and I, I like just this Utah State team They're dealing with a lot of injuries, but I like the way they match up with Colorado State. They pack it in think they can prevent some of the drives and Utah state at home really underachieved. This win can kind of you know make their season. Colorado state's safely in the tournament now. Um, Boise on deck. I think Utah state's going to have some value at home here. Well, any other spots you got before we bring in Colin here? Yeah, I'll just do one Louisville uh, on the road at wake forest on Saturday. We talked about it on Monday, but Louisville looks much more motivated looking like they actually want to finish the season strong uh, on the road against the wake forest team that, they might be getting double digits. Wake Forest is a little banged up. Uh, you know, Mushius and uh, Kadeem Sai, or Mushius didn't play, and Kadeem Sai went down with an injury, who are two of Wake Forest's best three big men. Uh, so, you know, statistically, Wake Forest would have a really big advantage inside because they're number one in the ACC in field goal percentage at the rim, both for and allowed. But without those two big men, Malik Williams could just have a field day down low because Louisville is actually third in the ACC in points per possession and post upsets. So, you know, Ken Palm has us at Wake Forest minus 11. Uh, you know, if Sai and Mushius don't play, 
that's probably gonna be worth close to what three points to the spread. So uh, I'd love Louisville uh, getting anything seven and a half or better if they don't play. But if they do play, I'd love the Cardinals anything double digits. Yeah, engaged Malik Williams. That's the key here. He's yep. their best player, and he was basically either benched or out there doing nothing and pouting, and the chemistry was way off, and then something changed. Um, and we talked about it on Monday for that North Carolina game, and you saw it. I mean, how engaged they were in that game as well. It started actually the game before that, but the press conference after that game, he was smiling. They were saying, like, look, there's everything was wrong. We got to correct it. We want to finish strong. Easy to say that, but they weren't saying it before. And you're seeing the results translate on the court. So, yeah, I don't think Louisville is a bad team to target uh, this late in the season. They're playing for nothing, but they're going to be priced like that. And they're now, you know, playing a lot better than some of their numbers indicate. All right, good stuff there. Before we get to Friday Night Lights, let's bring in Mr. Wilson, who finally had a loss last week. Wilson, what are you doing up? A truly wise man always has more questions than answers. The first step for greatness is humbling yourself. His Zags let him down with uh, the over against Santa Clara. I didn't catch much of that game, so I can't really comment on how it played out. Uh, but first, before we get into some of that, how are you, Mr. Wilson? I'm doing wonderful, guys. Had some ice storms, some snowstorms, but that doesn't mean that that's made my Razorbacks cool off any. The fact that we've been able to go on the road and beat teams as bad on the road. I mean, that's the big knock. You can only win in Bud Walton Arena. So it's really great to see Florida have Arkansas dead to rights the other night. And in the last five minutes, they just find another level and they go at it. So uh, everything's going great in the SEC. We are so close to March Madness. I'm so excited. Like we're, you know, all this content we're going to have at Action Network, every single conference, every single team leading up to, you know, the announcement of the brackets. I'm really jacked, especially because Arkansas is playing in Elite Eight form that we had last year. Well, if you recall, I was on my hogs against Auburn at home, and you were on Auburn. Um, are you going to be on Kentucky? Because I'm most likely going to be on my hogs Saturday. Yeah, and I, that's going to be the best bet for me. I wanted to talk about uh, Austin. No, so you're going to start with Arkansas. Yeah, and well, then and then you're going to wait for me to ask my question about what you know. What you're, you didn't wait for your best bet. Now your best bet's going to be Arkansas. You're yes. all in now. Yeah, maybe we should yeah. sell high. We should sell. Maybe we should be selling high on Arkansas BJ. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna come in and talk about Austin P and Eastern Illinois wrapping up their season in Ohio Valley because Eastern Illinois had a god awful year. I think five wins. They can't make the conference tournament because they only take eight teams in the OVC, and Austin P is locked into the eight. So. I love the fact that Eastern Illinois might actually show up, and I love the under because both of them are so offens offensively inept. So keep your eyes on that game. But, no, the best bet has to be Arkansas in but Walton Arena. And I know that I'm looking at these season-long numbers on turnover percentage, the fact that it doesn't look like Arkansas can harass ball handlers very much. But look at Kentucky against LSU the other night. Only three assists out there by Kellen Grady. And, if the, you know, if Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty don't play for Kentucky – Who's handling the ball and who's going to put up with J.D. Note? Who's going to put up with Devontae Davis? At the same time, Stanley Amude, I mean, he's one of the best blockers in the nation in the top 300. Jalen Williams is not only blocking, but he's shooting threes. Bud Walton Arena, one of the most impossible places to play. I think, you know, Ken Palm projects this to be a three-point win for Kentucky, but that doesn't take in Ty Ty Washington and Wheeler being out for this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they either held it off the board or put in Arkansas minus one or, Ar or maybe even at a pick. But I just don't see how you can take Kentucky 
when you don't have any experienced ball handlers, when Arkansas's defense is all about getting you, you know, making you, uh, forcing a turnover before you hit the half court line, forcing it, you know, just harassing you in transition. It's not really that they, you know, they rebound great, but it's because of hustle and it ain't because of size. So I, I expect this to be an Arkansas win. Kentucky and Coach Cal, they've got to be thinking long-term. They've got to be thinking, you know, NCAA tournament. I need Washington. I need Wheeler healthy for this game. What does it mean? What seeding for an SEC tournament that you win all the time anyways? I, I just don't see how this game is important to Kentucky whatsoever, but the health of two of their three best players is. So Arkansas at home, it's a, it's a major spot for them, and Musselman's already given away free T-shirts and tickets and shoes, and so it's just going to be a madhouse again. So give me Arkansas. I think I'd stop buying – at minus three, but it's not going to get up to minus three. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're going to, we, we, we actually talked a little bit about this game, right? I think that they're going to sit Wheeler and Washington and you can get away without having Wheeler and Washington against LSU and Alabama. Arkansas, I think is a little better than both of them, but you're also at home. It's different on the road without both of them. And I think Kentucky, look, they've all missed at home next. So I think they sit them for two more games. So I think that the opener, you try to get you get Arkansas because I think eventually it'll come down to the game. To, it'll be game time decision, both of them. And then it'll come out like, all right, they're not warming up. They could right. play. But I don't think they'll be 100 um, percent. And I don't think it would be smart for Cal to, to play them. And I, Kentucky's my only future. I do not. I hope they don't play. Um, so I agree with you on the hogs. Uh, we won't go too much into it because Colin and I are also going to do the SEC conference championship review. So you'll get a lot of time to talk about Arkansas there as well. But I, I, I'm glad you brought up. Eastern Illinois, that is a good spot that I didn't get around to mention uh, in their home finale against an Austin P team. They already lose to – I already lost to her this year, and Austin P's basically not playing for anything. Um, all right, well, thanks for checking in. Enjoy the your ice. I'm in – if you, see, you can see the ocean back there, I'm in Aruba. Are you, um, you got to be kidding me. You're doing an Aruba yeah. on me while I've got uh, – you know, there's, Do you see the ocean in my back window? And there's some sailboats. That's Actually, the sun just went down. Um <laughs> Colin, it's so, snowing. It's snowing here for me too. So yeah, I'm just yeah, as jealous. BJ's up in Iowa. If it's 24 here, BJ's up in negative degree weather. And yeah, stuff. it's like five degrees, and it's been snowing for five hours. So yeah, okay, at least literally flashing a pool, a resort, a sunset beach, ocean. It's like a screensaver. Uh, we were yeah, it's a screensaver. There's no way this is real. And if it is real, yeah. our friendship is over. Beyond blue <laughs> pool, just beautiful. The watercolors down here are amazing. All right. Well, stay warm, brother. Uh, I'll try to uh, stay warm as well, and we'll talk next week. Good luck this week. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you soon. Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. All right. Thanks, Colin, for joining us. Uh, You guys are making me feel even better about it because I live in the Midwest, too. So the weather, I didn't even check the weather, but it doesn't sound like the weather's great right now. No. Um, All right. So we do have one final order of business to get to, and that's our. Friday night six pack. Six guys, six picks. It's a college hoops weekend six pack. Everyone's trying to get it right. Get it right. Everybody's working for the weekend. Three and three last week. We're getting good at picking the right one for the three man weeds for our double up, which is good. So hopefully we could do that again this week. Let's see. 17 and 13. Yep, 17 to 13. On the air. Um, let's see what the guys from the three men we'd have this week. For my pick this week, I'm going to the Ivy League here, taking a dog, Harvard plus seven and a half on the road at Princeton. It's a little scary because Harvard is down some players. They're basically down to a seven man rotation right now with two key guys, Ledlam 
and Trittout out. They've been out for a while, though, so they're used to playing without him. I think even with that, they've still got the talent edge and the athleticism edge on Princeton. Maybe a little bit of a coaching disadvantage here, but uh, Harvard has covered seven of the last nine games against Princeton. So it's not like Amaker has been completely outclassed by Mitch Henderson, as actually I probably would have perceived before I had looked into that data. There's also a big situational edge here with Harvard. They are right on the cut line to make the four-team Ivy tournament, battling with Cornell for that last spot. Princeton is very comfortably in. I'm sure they still want the one seed, but I think there's a little bit more of a back to the wall, a back against the wall angle for Harvard here. Uh, I think Noah Kirkwood, their big six, seven wing potential pro is a matchup nightmare for a limited athletically team like Princeton. So with a little bit of matchup, some historical edge and the situational advantage, Harvard plus seven and a half for me, I would take it down to plus six. I'm going to the fun belt. That's right. The sun belt for my pick, my lock of the day. Looking at Troy uh, under Scott Cross. This team has been nothing but feisty all season long. This one is all about the spot. They're going to host Texas state who just locked up the sun belt regular season title crown earlier this week. So you're going to catch a team that's fat and happy, hopefully uh, hung over as they come to Troy. And again, the, Scott Cross coach Trojans have been feisty, especially as a dog all season, 11 and six against the number as an underdog so far this year. Um, the key thing is Duke Miles, who will reportedly continue to be out for Troy. And as vital as he is to this roster, I argue that this is why Troy has been so good all year. It's their depth and their um, the interchangeability of the guys they can slot in and out behind him. Scott Cross continues to write about how he uh, takes pride in having two to three guys deep at every position and that is what's almost added value to Troy in the betting markets this season as they continue to be an against the spread darling. I think at home against a fat and happy Texas State team, uh, the Trojans had some value. I would take it anything down to pick, uh, but hopefully you catch one, two in the opener by the time you look at this. So Troy plus one and a half, my best bet. All right, guys, my best bet. I am taking St. Peter's plus four at Monmouth. In general, it's always good to take the dogs or the road team in these Mac battles. Home court just doesn't mean a whole lot. And tonight you have two teams that are rivals against each other. They hate each other. They always play close games. Both teams bring it. St. Peter's won this first matchup against Monmouth at home. They proved to be the better team. They grabbed 40% of their offensive rebounds in that game. I think they do that again. It's one of the best rebounding teams in the conference. They're physical. They get to the line. And they're the best defensive team in the conference as well. I really think they put up a fight here against Monmouth. Keep it within two possessions. So best bet, St. Peter's Peacocks plus four on the road. Jim went with Harvard plus seven and a half down to plus six against Princeton. Harvard playing for their Ivy Lives. Matt went with Troy plus one and a half down to a pick them. And Kai went with St. Peter's plus four. The interesting thing with Matt's pick with Troy is... And there's an interesting dynamic here with this. So tomorrow night, Friday night, you're listening to this. It'll be tonight. They're all the Sunbelt. The rest of the Sunbelt games are being played. So there's no Sunbelt games on Saturday or Sunday. And then you're going to have the conference tournament. Everything is settled in the Sunbelt. So, you know, you look at this Friday slate and you're like, oh, there's a decent amount of games. But Texas State clinched the regular season title again. And then App State, Troy, and Georgia State have clinched the buys. And then the rest of the teams know they're going to be playing. So Troy will be at home. They're getting a Texas state team that may or may not sit guys. Um, and for what it's worth, Troy beat Texas state on the road by 15 earlier this year. 
So I don't know what you're going to get from Texas State. I don't know what you're going to get from a lot of these teams because there's really no incentive. That's right. Do you want to stay sharp? Do you want to rest? Um, I don't know. So it's a very bizarre night in the Sun Belt. Um, you know, there's some seeding that can matter, but it's like the title's been decided. The top four buys have been decided. And then the rest of the teams know they're playing in the first round. I think the, I think the tournament is in Pensacola, Florida. So that's an interesting dynamic for that Troy game. Um, but before we decide on which one of them we want to double up on, BJ, where are you going for your Friday night? Six I'm going to go to the MAAC. I'm going to go Niagara, pick them against Ryder. Ryder is the worst offense in, in the conference. They're outside the top 300 nationally in both three-point and two-point field goal percentage. But actually, they have the eighth lowest three-point rate in the country, So, which bodes really well for Niagara because they're very good at defending inside. Number one in the conference in two-point field goal percentage allowed. And they're only allowing around 54% at the rim. Ryder is quite literally the worst team in college basketball in points per possession in transition offense, which is really good news for Niagara because they are atrocious in transition defense, but they are fourth in the conference in uh, points per possession allowed in half court defense on the flip side, Niagara much better in half court than they are in transition, which is good because very weirdly like Ryder is top 7% in college basketball in transition defense. So they can't score in transition offensively and they're really good at stopping people in transition, which really doesn't make much sense, but Either way, really good matchup here for Niagara in a revenge spot. They blew a 17-point halftime lead to Ryder uh, at, at home earlier this season to lose by three. So uh, good revenge spot for the Purple Eagles. Uh, so give me them a pick them on the road at Ryder. I'm going to stay in the MAC, and I'm going to go Manhattan, a team that is really frustrating. Because they're actually the most experienced team in the country. It's a team of all seniors, and I just couldn't figure them out earlier this year, but I think that they're starting to peak. They've won three straight not against the best competition, but I've watched their offense, their offense, you know, with Jose Perez and company have started to figure some things out. And I think this is a really good matchup against a Maris team that I like and a Maris team that has been rolling. They won five in a row, but I think that this is, you know, you're getting seven ish here, too many points in a game that I think the Jaspers have some matchup edges. Maris. Look, I love it. their uh, freshman point guard. He's outstanding to watch, but he can be a bit turnover prone at times against pressure that showed up in the first meeting between these two teams. When Manhattan won, Maris had a, I think a 33% turnover rate in that game, something ugly. And, you know, everything that Maris, if you look at this matchup, it's like, all right, Manhattan's offense, they also really struggle with turnovers. I mean, it's bad. Maris doesn't really force turnovers. You know, you look at on the other side of the ball, Maris, you know, Manhattan plays a pressure defense. They can force turnovers. Maris can be vulnerable in that department. Manhattan also fouls a lot because of their pressure. Maris just doesn't get to the line. What they do is they, they can shoot. Um, and Manhattan will take away the three. So I think that, that it's – a pretty good matchup on both sides of the ball for Manhattan. I think this game will be close. I think Maris will probably pull it out in the end, but I think getting seven ish here is too many. And um, I think this ends up being like a one to two possession game. I think Manhattan is a team that's trending up way later than I thought. So give me the Jaspers. All right. So it's time for our, the sixth check. We have to pick which one of the three man weaves picks we have to double up on. Now, Maybe we go, if we would go Peters, that would be a third, you know, a lot of Mac exposure. Um, I don't have a great feel on that game. I can't figure out Monmouth. I know they have like that COVID pause and 
Um, I don't mind the other two. The Troy wrench, I think it probably worked in their favor against Texas State. Texas State clinched their regular season title. Um, I don't, and then, you know, if you look at the the Ivy game between Princeton and Harvard, I mean, Harvard has been tremendously disappointing this year. But if you look at the Ivy standings, the way that the Ivy League works is only four, the top four teams make the tournament. It's played over one weekend. Yale is 10 and two. Princeton is nine and two. Penn is nine and three. They're all in. And then you have Harvard at five and six, Cornell at five and seven, you know, then Brown and Dartmouth are four and eight. So it's probably going to come down between Harvard and Cornell. Harvard has, you know, they play Princeton on the road on Friday and then they play Princeton at home on Sunday. Then they finish up with Dartmouth. So this is a huge game for Harvard. Uh, But Princeton is playing extremely well of late. Demolished Brown on the road last weekend and then won at Yale. What are you thinking? Uh, you, you've been picking well when I've limited your choices down. So I'll let you, uh, you can go anywhere you want. You could even go Peters if you want. Yeah, it's, I, I'll be honest. I'm with you. I don't, this is one of those weeks I don't have a great, like, yes, I love that pick type of thing. Obviously Princeton is definitely overvalued. The The problem is, is I like I watched that Brown game and boy, did I come away very impressed with their offense. So, and you know, Harvard has sustained some injuries from early in the season. They've been kind of a little bit shorthanded. Uh, down here on the stretch, but this number is a tad high uh, for Princeton. Um, you don't know if Harvard is going to put everything into, you know, their home game against them, but it obviously this game means a ton. That's where I'm leaning. Uh, the Sunbelt game with not much, uh, you know, implications. I, I think there's just too much up in the air to, to play it for us, but uh, I'll leave it up to you, Peters or Harvard as the final say. All right, we'll go with Harvard. That'll be the double up game. That will do it for us. Make sure you download the award-winning Action Network app. We'll have lots of content all throughout the weekend and through the end of the tournament. And for any other sport you're looking for betting info on, make sure, as I mentioned earlier, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. As always, thanks to BJ for joining me. Thanks, Colin Wilson and the guys from the Three Men Weave as well. We'll be back next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can also find us this Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern, live for Big Bets on Campus Live. Me and the guys from Three Men Weave will cover Saturday's slate. And don't worry, we're going to have multiple episodes covering every single conference tournament. So stay tuned for those. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck with your wagers this weekend. And we will see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.